Well, good morning. Happy Mother's Day. Welcome to Centerpoint Church. My name is Aaron. I'm the pastor here. Thanks for checking out our one-hour service with a mission to help you take the next step in your relationship with God. Today, it's Mother's Day, so you're welcome, you guys, who maybe forgot, like you get your reminder from Centerpoint. But I hope you enjoyed the little intro video of cute Mother's Day things or cute mother things. Um, but anyways, happy Mother's Day to all. Uh, without moms, I don't know where any of us would be. Well, we probably wouldn't be here. Um, but we have a few special things for moms today. Uh, we have a rose uh, that you can grab on your way out. And I think they're tulips or the other one. Like, so grab a flower on your way out. Uh, ooh, they're kind of they're pretty. So take one of those with you on your way out if you're a mom. And then also we have some chocolates for you, dark chocolate and milk chocolate. Ooh, right? Take that. That's awesome and for you moms out there too. And then we also have a professional photographer here today to do a free family photo. So make sure you stop and get a photo done on your way out. Now, we also want to honor women that maybe are desiring to be moms. So grab a rose, grab some chocolate on your way out as well. And honestly, the pictures, they're for everyone here, whether you're a mom, an old dude in the room, or a single. Um, get a photo. We would love to offer that to everyone today. We will then post them on Facebook, so then you get those, but you get a free shot of a kind of a cute family photo, so take advantage of that on your way out. The photographer actually did my wife and I our, our wedding, so she's amazing, so definitely get, get a shot from her. Uh, Today, we're kicking off a new series called Voices, and when we talk about this series, we are talking about the internal voices in our head. I actually, I wanted to call this series Voices in Your Head, um, and my wife advised me not to. She's like, Aaron, people already think you're a little out there, so saying you have voices in your head might freak them out completely. Um, well, I want to clarify with you, I don't have a ton of random voices in my head, but I do have internal thoughts, some that are positive and controlled and push me to being the best me, to being who I think God wants me to be. But then I have some negative, some uncontrolled and destructive thoughts. My friends who knew me before I was a Christian, when lots of these thoughts were present in my life, they called me, or they called that vintage Aaron. Uh, but even as a Christian, I still have these negative voices or thoughts in my head today. Our thoughts, they are powerful. They can change our perspective. They can impact our decisions. They can influence what becomes habitual for us. But sometimes we can become trapped by our thoughts, unable to control anxiousness, negativity, and straight up just unhealthy thinking. So in this four-part series, we're going to learn tools of what God has given us to combat negative thinking and what God wants us to do with our mind and with our thoughts. Because honestly, I know I need God's guidance in this, and I'm guessing you maybe do too. Because, so this week, what we're doing is we're talking about uncontrolled thoughts and how we can gain control again. Honestly, you might be like, well, Aaron, this seems a little bit silly. They're your thoughts. Just control them. Just control them. Of course you can control them is what you're thinking. I'm talking about, though, the times when your mind starts to wander, right? It goes down these paths of worry, of fear, of doubt, of feeling like you devalue yourself, a feeling of unworthiness. And I was thinking about myself, and I tracked some of my thoughts and made a little video for you of my morning commute one of the days this week. Uh, check it out and see if you can relate to some of my thoughts. 
All right, I got my seatbelt on. I know uh, Sydney's gonna see this, and we have police officers that come to church. Shoot, they better see me with the seatbelt on. Anyways, wow, the lawns around here look awesome. Wish mine was better. I got, I got some work to do. But anyways, I think I got all my stuff with me. Did I turn that light off? I can't remember. Well, that was an awkward conversation with Sydney last night. What were we even arguing about? I don't even remember. Is that? Is that someone running? I remember when I used to run. No way I'm getting back into that. Is that, is that a cop over there? Oh, he's pulling out and he's gonna follow me now. I hope it's like John Dilly or something like that, but did I pay that bill or not? Well, ooh, is that pizza? Pizza guy, I love me some pizza right now, but who orders pizza at 8 a.m.? Like, you know what, Aaron, actually, no judgment. You've been there. Uh, that cop still back there? He's still following me? Uh, as we go by the school, like, Eliza, she's gonna be going to school soon. Is, is there like a 1K class she should be in already? Like, cause if there is, I'm guessing we've gotta do it. Like, so she can go to a good school, do good in school, get a good job and live on her own. Better look into this. Am I a bad parent for not doing this right now? What am I gonna speak on this Sunday? Will it be inspiring enough, funny, but serious enough? I mean, I feel like I'm running out of stories. Dude, where are you going? Did I forget my phone? Ah, stinking Fonda like Another 10 minutes of heading back home and then back to work. I recorded that with my phone, by the way, so it was with me. But <laughs> Now, you can tell I have maybe a little bit of an attention struggle, <laughs> some of my thoughts. And maybe I'm a bit exaggerating or a bit extreme in my thinking. But these are real thoughts I've had. Thoughts about myself, about my success, my future, my value, and about what others maybe even think of me. Thoughts of whether I'm providing wealth for my family, whether I should be happier or sadder, or I don't even know, like just random thoughts. Have you ever struggled with this before? Like, do you have uncontrolled thoughts about what you feel is necessary for you to do, or about your value for yourself, or thoughts that you'll never be good enough, or thoughts of, or fear of losing or missing out on something, or about losing control, or about what other people think of you. I think we all struggle with at least one of these to some extent, right? But today, what we're going to do is we're going to look at just the concept in, of and a method of controlling our thoughts and controlling consistent destructive thinking in our lives. Because what my video didn't show actually is how consuming thinking about these things really can be. They can be restless at night, right? Thinking about those things. They can cause you to miss out on having joy when, when you're just stressing about things. They can, have you, they can cause you to have unnecessary stress and worry. They can make you devalue who you are and what your future potential is. So we're going to see what God says about how we should think and then use scripture to find ways to think in both a God-honoring way and a way that isn't destructive in our everyday lives. And how we're going to start doing that is we're going to look at this guy named Paul. Throughout this series, we're going to learn a lot from Paul. Paul was this big shot of the Bible who wrote a lot of it, actually. He was very self-aware and he was a master of using God-given direction on how he should think and knowing how he should think. But here's something you may or maybe don't know about Paul that's kind of interesting, especially knowing what he did and what he accomplished in the world. So Paul, he, like I said, he wrote many of the letters and he changed the state of the world after Jesus. He was after Jesus. But he also, he knows what it's like to experience going against God. 
doing his, your own thing, or going your own way, sin and its destruction. He knows what that's like. I don't know if any of you can relate to that, but like to relate not always being a Christian, but I certainly can, and that's something Paul dealt with too. Paul, he watched and approved the killing of a Christian. Paul, he, he was a Jew, but he also was a Roman citizen, so he had like what some would say is this perfect blend between two nations, but others might say he's one who never fully fit in anywhere, or felt he never fo fully fit in. Scholars in much of literature, they point to Paul being a little man, crooked and almost bent in his stature, pale continence, long and wrinkled, bald, and they say he wasn't a very good speaker. Now, the reason I tell you all of this is I don't know about you, but thoughts about my past history, my appearance, my talents, how well I'm liked by others, those can get pretty negative really quickly, and they can spiral and become uncontrolled in my mind, thinking I've messed up too much and God can't fully use me, or I'm getting too much of a dad bod, like I can't be physical or do the same stuff I used to do, or I'm not good at what I, I do, so I shouldn't do this anymore, or do people even like me? If we follow Paul's example, we don't let those thoughts slow us down. In Paul's journey as a Christian, he writes this, it's in Romans 12:1. it says, and so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. So we are to make our lives and bodies and thoughts holy and acceptable is what it's saying. So thinking we're not good enough because we're bald, messed up a ton, dad bodied, mom, well, it's Mother's Day, just shy of perfect. Those are negative and uncontrolled responses when we start thinking about those things. That is the kind that God finds unacceptable. The way he tells us to offer ourselves is this. It's, if we look at that passage, it continues. It says, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. This verse is exactly what we're talking about today. Let's just break it down. Like, let's look at that verse again. It says, don't copy what others do. It says, let God transform you by changing how you think. Then you will know God's will. And you will be doing good. You will be doing things that are pleasing, living perfect. Sounds great, right? Like, just do it. But how? But how? How do I actually let God change the way I think when I spiral or get sucked into what others say or that destructive thinking or down or worried? This is the struggle, right? For me, I've struggled with this in, in many areas, and I thought I'd just share a few of my struggles throughout my years growing up. Uh, for me, growing up as a, as a kid and even into high school, I was really short, really short. I thought I'd always be short. I got the kids' menu as a freshman in high school. It was humiliating. It was a blow. Nowadays, I'm like, sweet, bring on the kids' menu, cheaper. Woo! You know, like, I still get, like, the kids' meal at Culver's because it's amazing, you know, but, and it's a good deal. But to me, when I was in that moment as a freshman, I, I felt like I'm always going to be this little kid. That's how people see me. I'll never get respect, and I had those thoughts spiral. In college, I, uh, I planned on playing soccer at a private school, all lined up, but I changed my mind kind of like 
last minute, and I decided to go to UW-Green Bay, uh, and because I, I, it was cheaper, and it was also much nicer facilities. So anyways, I contacted the soccer coach, and I was like, I want to play soccer here, but it's a D1 school. The coach wouldn't even give me a tryout. He wouldn't even see me. He wouldn't even respond to me. And I felt like I have nothing worthy to offer. Like, I felt, like, really down on myself. Like, something I excelled at for years, and now all of a sudden, people won't even see me. Uh, I thought I was no good, no longer good at achieving things that I was significantly good at prior. Out of college, I, I started to break out with acne really bad. I tried everything, everything. I felt ugly. I wanted to hide my face. In seminary, I was, I was writing papers, uh, one of my first papers, and someone saw it, and it's like, yeah, Aaron, this paper's no good. Like, you got some work. I mean, I don't think it's the end of your seminary career. What? Like, I'm like, dude, this is my first class, but this was something that haunted me for weeks. And then now as a parent and lead pastor, recently I, I've struggled with fitting into what that role looks like to, to be a really good parent and, and husband, but also lead an organization or lead a church. Um, and I struggle with like, there's times where church is going so amazing. It's like, yes, I'm spending tons of time here. It's going so awesome. And then I like look back at home and I'm like, am I spending enough time with my family? Am I doing enough at home? Am I neglecting them? And then all of a sudden, like, I'll be doing things at home, and it's like, this is so awesome. We're spending time together all the time. And then I'm like, oh, but am I neglecting church now? And it's this tension. I can never find joy. I can never find happiness. And my thoughts, they just leave me unhappy pretty much all the time. That's been the struggle lately. Have you gone through times like this? Like, something happens, and then you start to spiral. Now, this feeling becomes a barrier for you. This feeling, this, this thing that, that, that's a struggle, it consumes your thoughts, right? And you uncontrollably start thinking, I'm not successful enough, I'm not good enough, I'm too ugly, I'm not talented enough, I should be joyful, or uh, I should actually be busy, I should do more work. What happens is we experience strongholds, is what we're going to call it, strongholds. Strongholds is a term that I feel like only really old church people use, um, but it's actually a real word. Um, I looked it up, like, so stronghold, if we look at the second one, it's a place where a particular cause or belief is strongly defended or upheld. What happens is we experience strongholds. When we experience destructive, bad thoughts, and we let them consistently be created in our minds, they create strongholds. It's actually something Paul talks about. It's in 2 Corinthians 10, verses 3 through 5. It says this, For though we walk in the flesh, we are not waging war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but have divine power to destroy strongholds. We destroy arguments in every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God and take every thought captive to obey, obey Christ strongholds in our minds, they're real, they're powerful, and they're not easy to break. But through God, it says we have divine power. We have divine power to destroy different strongholds in our minds and in our life. And it's needed. It's needed because our thought strongholds, they're real. They are very real. And sometimes the physical, biological chemistry of our makeup in our brain it works against us a bit. Now, I'm no neuroscientist, so don't like quote me on these things, but I do know a few things about our brain, and I've done a little research. There's this very legal drug 
that is highly addictive. Some of you are all like, where's Pastor going with this one? <laughs> it's called dopamine. It's called dopamine, and it's something within us. Dopamine is this chemical release that gives you the, ooh, like, nice feeling when something good or feels good happens to you. This chemical releases in your body. So, like, social media, you post something, and people like your stuff, or you get that hard on Instagram, you're like, ooh, you know, like, that feels good. Boom, dopamine. You know, like, you're experiencing it. Or if a person says, you did a good job, that was awesome. Boom, dopamine, like it feels good inside. Someone the other day said to me, they're like, Aaron, your truck is on point. I'm like, boom, dopamine, like it's so clean. I like feeling good. Sydney texts me and I got, she says, I got something to show you later, dot, 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 winky emoji face. Boom, dopamine, like I, I'm just like excited. You follow me on what the dopamine's like, right? There are these chemicals they're creating this feeling to get you to keep pursuing it consistently. And it can be for good. How it works is we keep pursuing these responses because we want that drug. We want that feeling. And we create pathways or trails in our brain because the more often you think a thought, research says the easier it is to think it over and over and over again. These pathways can be made for positive things, some of the stuff I talked about, but they can also be used for negative and lies and things of our culture. Lies of our culture, our context, lies maybe our peers have said, lies about our insecurities or what maybe opposition maybe says to us, things in this world that our mind needs renewal of, renewal of. It's like our brain creates these trails that are packed down so hard that we can't get off them once we've been thinking that path over and over and over again. It creates a stronghold. Paul, he experienced this too, these strongholds. We see a prime example. It's in Romans 7, and it's a bit longer of a passage. I know you probably can't read it, but I'm going to read it for you, and it's good. Stay with me on it, all right? So try to stay with me. It says, it's in verse 15, it picks up. It says, I don't really understand myself. For I want to do what is right, but I don't do it. Instead, I do what I hate. But if I know that what I'm doing is wrong, this shows that I agree that the law is good. So I am not the one doing wrong. It is the sin living in me that does it. And I know that nothing good lives in me that is in my sinful nature. I want to do what is right, but I can't. I want to do what is good, but I don't. I don't want to do what is wrong, but I do it anyways. Can you relate? But if I do what I don't want to do, I am not really the one doing wrong. It is the sin living in me that does it. I have discovered this principle of life, he continues, that when I want to do what is right, I inevitably do what is wrong. Love, I love God's law with all my heart, but there's another power within me that is at war with my mind. This power makes me a slave to the sin that is still within me. Oh, what a miserable person I am. Who will free me from this life that is dominated by sin and death? Thank God the answer is Jesus Christ, our Lord. Paul's mind and actions, they were dominated by sin. Things of this world, things that our culture says is right that aren't necessarily right to God. By his desire to do things that he knew he shouldn't. He was dominated by those thoughts. I don't know about you, but I'm right there with him. I have some past dopamine experiences that vintage Aaron loves. Negative experiences 
poor decisions, unhealthy thoughts that I know I shouldn't have. Vintage Aaron knows those trails all too well and wants to get me back on them often. But, but Paul is also the person who says, Jesus is the one who can help you get past those desires. And it's by renewing of your mind. You can free your mind from uncontrolled thoughts by changing the way you think. If we go to the verse we started, it says, don't copy the behaviors of this world or the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will know God's will for you, which is good, pleasing, and perfect. Changing the way you think, it's saying. If we're not to be like this world, we're to renew our minds and create new trails when our minds go to the negative dopamine-filled experiences, the lies that we've been told from others, the oppressive thinking, the haunting past experiences. So as we spend our last five to ten minutes together, today we're going to create a new way to think, one that is directed by Paul, but one that uh, will help tear down strongholds in our life. And the way we're going to do that is we're going to take a thought survey. I, I got a picture for you here. We're going to take kind of a thought survey. It's just between you and yourself. And we got this scale. So there's on the, the far side, it's worried, negative, and worldly thinking. Or it's peaceful, positive, and eternal thinking. And I want you just to think as I say some of these things, where maybe you land when it comes to them. So worried people... Worried people, they think, are we doing enough for the kids? What more do we need to do for our future? Do we have enough money? Is my job secure enough? My, is my health okay? I better check Google one more time. That's me, actually. I do that non-top. That statement is so true for me. Uh, peaceful people, though, on the other side of it, they believe in God's promises. They, they feel like we've done what we can, but then we trust. We experience full peace in certain things. Uh, it sounds a lot like our faith story last week, actually, of experiencing peace even in trials, even in times of sickness. That's amazing. Check that out. That's on our YouTube page. Uh, the second one, negative thinking. Critical. You're a critical person. You find fault in things. You're discontent. You're hard. You're feeling like you always got to be busy. Positive people, they believe the best. Life is good. Optimistic about the future. You're, you're feeling like that there's good things ahead. Worldly. Worldly means your mind is consumed of this life, material possessions. You want to be liked by people. You want social media highs or eternal, meaning you want to make an eternal difference. Where you make an eternal difference by choosing way, maybe where your finances go, how you spend your time. You're using your talents or gifts purposefully in an attempt to reach people with the gospel or what Jesus would say is important. As you look at this, and you start thinking about your own thoughts and think about where you land on that scale, I want you to think, the one that you're weakest in, I want you to think, what is the stronghold that leads to uncontrolled thinking for one of those? We're not going to identify all 120 strongholds in your life today. Just one, one that is big. For you, is it money and security? Is it how you look? Is it to be liked by people if, feeling like if they don't comment on your stuff? Is it feeling you're not lovable? Is it feeling like you're never good enough or you don't deserve anything good? Or there's no chance for your marriage or your relationship with your kids? Like, is that the spiral? Is it the haves or have-nots? Is it helplessness, hopelessness, worthlessness, pointlessness? For me to share with you what mine is, uh, it's a little, like, 
vulnerable, but like my uncontrolled stronghold in my life is having the perspective that I need to experience 100% success in everything I do. Uh, in all areas of my life, I need to achieve and like have this appearance of success. I got to have it and have it to be visual. Like I want to be known for my marriage. I want to be known for a, a great church. I want to be known for amazing kids. I want to be known for success, financial success and more. And when, the way I start to spiral in that thinking or where I start to get out of control is when I let pride come in. And I th- I'm like thinking like, well, I'm better than them. I did better. I'm like, I got to start doing that better. They got to do that differently. And then I start judging others. And then I start like doing things even for just the appearance of success. Not like even like because I want the success. I just want people to see the success. We go to buy things just to have it. We, we got to do this thing just to do it. That's me. That's my stronghold. And I start to spiral thinking, I got I to gotta show people more success. What's it for you? What's it for you? Today, we're going to do three things, and they're quick, to defeat a stronghold in your life. The first thing is, we're going to name it. You got to name it. Name your stronghold. How do you defeat something when you don't even know what it is, right? So you got to name your stronghold. In naming mine, it's proud. It's being prideful. That's what I'm naming. I'm naming my stronghold. What is it for you? The second thing is you got to name the truth that demolishes that stronghold. Name the truth that demolishes that stronghold. So for you, maybe it's, I can't get everything all done in the day. Well, maybe you need to tell yourself the truth is you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. Maybe you're feeling like, I'm not attractive enough, but maybe you need to know that you are fearfully and wonderfully made. Maybe you're miserable, like you're just feeling like sad on life, but the joy of the Lord is your strength. That's the truth. Or maybe you feel alone, and maybe you need to know that your God is with you. He will never leave you. Maybe you're feeling like a victim, but you're like, you know, I'm not who my enemy says I am. Or you're, maybe you're feeling like I'm never going to be financially secure, but God will supply every need of yours. Every single one of those responses are verses, are statements that are true of God. Your life is moving in some sort of direction right now. What comes into your mind comes out in your life. Cannot have positive life and a negative mind. You can't have a controlled life and an uncontrolled mind. You have to capture the lies and replace them with truth. Don't stay locked in a prison like that where God has the keys, the answers for you, the ability to help you renew your mind setting you free from the bondage Paul wrote about. So name the truth from God that, that defeats your stronghold. And then finally, the last one is this. When you're battling your stronghold, let the ways of God transform you by doing his ways, meaning create a new path in your new way of thinking. When you think you're not good enough, open your Bible app on your phone and read scripture that talks about who God says you are and how much he sacrificed for you. When you feel like you'll never have enough time, uh, or never have, you won't be able to get through a certain time, listen to worship music that speaks the words that God sings like through worship music about how he will never leave you and forsake you. When you think that you're never going to amount to anything in this world, go to your church, go to your Christian support, and have them tell you truth and your future potential, your potential that could be as great as Paul. Use verses, songs, wise counsel, spoken word, prayer. So again, to defeat our strongholds, we are naming our stronghold. We're finding the truth that defeats it, and then we're creating a new pathway to new thinking. 
you might today be feeling like for the first time hearing about how Jesus could set you free from extremely destructive thinking, if that's you, tell God. Tell God, I want you to speak truth into my life. I need you. I need your divine power that helps break strongholds in my mind. I've been following too many other things. I want to follow you. I want your direction. I want freedom. Forgive me for my, my mess ups. And that could be amazing for you. That could be a time where you connect with Jesus or with God. That could be you defeating one of the greatest strongholds in your life. And that could be amazing between you and God. You could do that right now in your head and heart. That's becoming a Christian. As we wrap up today, I pray this helps open up the idea of creating more controlled, positive thinking in your life. This week, I challenge you to become more aware of the strongholds in your life and naming them to change the way you think, the way you act, and how you are out in the world. As part of this series, I want to give you a few midweek resources, because this is a four-part series. We're doing four weeks of this. Um, as gaining control of strongholds, it's not this easy thing that just happens overnight, all right? I want to give you some things during the week this week. So this week, I am changing or challenging you to do one of what I think is the churchiest thing in the world or known in the church world. Um, if you know me, I'm not into cliche church things uh, unless there's a purpose, unless there's a purpose to it. So as part of the series, we're going to be giving you a Bible verse card each week to help you create new pathways to think clearer. They are in the seats in front of you, so grab one out. Like, it's right in front of you. It should be on the right-hand side, and it says, uh, the, the verse we're, you're getting today is it's Romans 12, 2. It's the verse we started with. It says, don't copy the behaviors and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Secondly, uh, so actually, take that card, put it somewhere that you'll see it, and it'll remind you to defeat some of those strongholds in your life. Secondly, on Wednesday morning this week and throughout this series, Wednesday mornings throughout this series, I'll be sp sending a spoken word song that's done by someone else, not by me or anything like that, but a spoken word song that's formed from Scripture on who God says you are and what you are able to do. Again, creating new thinking. I use them for when I'm lifting and getting jacked, actually, in the, in the weight room. Obviously, you, you can tell I've been doing a lot of that lately. Nope, not at all. But anyways, they are these inspiring spoken word things. So if you don't get our weekly email and you would like to get those starting this week uh, and getting that, that Wednesday message or in the morning, fill out one of those Connect cards. They're in the seats in front of you. Uh, and you can get that inspirational two- or three-minute song of truth each week this month. Uh, with that said... I'm going to close us with prayer and wrap up this part one of our series, Voices. If you want help identifying strongholds in your life and have God give you direction on how to defeat them, I'm going to pray and ask that he guides us in that. If you want that, you can pray with me right now. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for today. Thank you for giving us an example of how we can defeat strongholds in our life. Thanks for Paul's words on how we are to renew our minds. God, some of us want to renew our minds in so many different ways, but God, help us identify some of those, those strongholds that take us on negative thinking, on these negative paths. And God, some of us today, we're, we're saying we want... Jesus. We want what Jesus offers of freeing us from all of the negative thinking in our lives. We want that freedom. We don't want to be a slave to that negative thinking. So God, I just pray that you, you, whoever's maybe feeling that, can go to you and honestly say, God, help free me from some of this negative, destructive thinking in my life. God, guide us this week as we identify strongholds and get past them. In your name we pray. Amen.